0: Now, more tips with your host Rebecca on lifestyle improvement.
1: Remember that in our program, we present our opinion and the opinion of our guest and is not to be interpreted as medical advice.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today on lifestyle improvement for part four of our interview with Lisa Green. Lisa Green is an adjunct professor in the department of child and family education at Concordia University, an author, parent coach, international speaker, and the mother of two children with special healthcare needs. As a parent educator, public speaker, and independent love and logic facilitator, Ms. Green teaches essential parenting skills to thousands of parents each year. She has also written articles for Parent Guide, DisneyFamily.com, and Living Well Magazine, as well as numerous online journals. Miss Green also co-authored the award-winning Love and Logic book, Parenting Children with Health Issues, Essential Tools, Tips, and Tactics for Raising Kids with Chronic Illnesses, Medical Conditions, and Special Health Care Needs. You can find this book at parentingchildrenwithhealthissues.com. And here is our guest for today, Lisa Green, and our host, Rebecca Rogers.
2: A lot of the resources out there deal with that kind of thing. And, you know, learning about a disease, you know, where to find resources, a lot of the things that social workers deal with, you know, how to navigate the system, you know, how to get, um, you know, uh, financial support, how to, how to you know, how to file for disability with social security, you know, how to deal with the school system, how to, you know, so all those really, really important, really, really critical, um, you know, logistical details about dealing with caregiving and chronic illness. What I found as I was starting, you know, as I, as those logistical details kind of started sorting themselves out. And I used those many resources, including those that share stories about other families dealing with problems, which, you know, I can't say enough about, you know, hearing other people's stories is so important. So a story as I share in uh, my workshops and actually in my, my new little book called no more, no, by Lisa Green, um, available on Amazon, I guess I could say um, about how to uh, how to uh, gain cooperation with medical, you know, med- food, uh, food, medication, and everything else without coercion. Um, the story that I share with Jacob is uh, that he needed to take some medication before he eats his food in order to digest his food. And I would go in with the spoon, here, Jacob, take your medication. And, you know, he wouldn't take it. He'd close his mouth. He'd, you know, turn his head. I mean, just wouldn't take it. He was two. That's what two-year-olds do, right? Everyone knows how two-year-olds are. And one day he hit my hand and he splattered the medication all over the place. And so, um, and I'm not proud of this, but I spanked him because that was how I was raised. I was raised that if you have a child who is in direct defiance of your authority, which he was, then you respond in a punitive way. And and so out of my that was my um, lion on the path bear moment, you know, out of my fear, frustration, anger at having this kid hit my hand and splatter medicine everywhere, you know, out of my Uh, emotions, at the moment, I spanked him. And this triggered in him a temper tantrum that was a real doozy. I mean, he just, you know, he got mad, I got mad. And and he lost it. And he was laying on the floor flailing and, you know, screaming. And I'm like, Oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And so I'm like, what do I do here? And so out of desperation, I picked him up and I put him in the shower. I figured, if it works for drunks, maybe it would work for him. And, you know, and it did, because it provided distraction, and I picked him up, and I had to carry him, and, you know, we both recovered from the moment, um, and, and when, when we did both calm down, that was when I hit what I like to call my sort of rock-bottom gutter moment as a parent, where I was like, wow, I mean, here is this two-year-old, strong-willed little guy, which I want him to be. I want him to be a fighter. I want my kid to be a fighter, Right. But I just don't want him to fight me. <laughs> so, and so I'm like, well, what do I do? How do I, How do I handle this? And I really <clears throat> was not equipped. And so <clears throat> that was sort of that awakening moment for me that I need help. That was my, wow, I'm not an island. I need help. I can't do this alone. And I went out and I asked a lot of people, what do I do? How do I handle this? And people gave me a lot of interesting ideas, but um, none of them were what I really felt in my intuition and my spirit were right. I mean, people told me things like, well, we'll give him ice cream to bribe him. And I'm thinking, well, you know, that might work this time, but that's not going to work for a lifetime of medication. I mean, you know, giving the kid ice cream every time he needs to eat is or candy is not is not going to solve the problem. And so I, I was really at a loss. And even my medical professionals couldn't give me what I felt like was good, solid advice. And so, um, you know, a couple, you know, a couple of weeks, maybe a month after I had this experience with Jacob, I stumbled on a, a local class called Love and Logic. And the flyer said, would you like to have more fun parenting? Would you like to have more peace at home? And would you like to cut down on your power struggles? Oh, yeah. And I'm like,
0: yes, <laughs>
2: so, I like sign me up. And, and I did. I signed up for the class and it was just a general parenting class. And it was the same tools and techniques. Well, what about 15 years ago now that I learned for just general everyday parenting um, that I learned that was life changing. And mm-hmm. so one of the things I learned that we teach and we we really dig into extensively and I can share you know with you guys to try it and and you probably already know it because it's so simple but sometimes it's the simplest things that we overlook is using choices so with Jacob you know I was saying here Jacob take this here's your medicine come on let's go you need to eat take your medicine so instead of that approach which we call the drill sergeant approach (laughs) I learned to say Jacob you know, it's time to take your medicine, you know, in order to eat your pizza, you need to have your medicine, right? Setting a limit, explaining why. And then it was, would you like to take your medicine with a yellow spoon or a blue spoon? Mm. Would you like to take it Um, you know, would you like to follow it with grape juice or apple juice, apple juice, apple juice, Jacob, would you like to hold the spoon or mommy hold the spoon? Me hold the spoon. Me hold the spoon. You know, those toddlers, me do, me do, me do. (laughs) So, okay, Jacob. So, you know, would you like to hold the spoon or you hold it? Mommy holds me hold the spoon. Okay, here you go. And he'd grab the spoon and bloop, you know, the medicine would go right down the old hatch. And I was like, no, (laughs) it can't be that simple you know, and it was, and it it, it isn't, it's not always quite that simple, but, but it was, I mean, and that moment right there was my turning moment, right? That gave me a glimmer of hope because I realized when he said, when I said, would you like to do it or mommy do me do it down the hatch without a fight? That moment was a spark for me that I realized, wow, it's, the way I come through, that can make the difference. So the way I handle this thing as a caregiver can cause a response in my kid that's different than what it was before. That's better for both of us. And that began my journey. Like, I want to learn more, more. I want to learn more. So that I just You know, I experimented more and more and more and learned more and more. And here we are today. And then when Mm I was so passionate about learning it, I was modeling it, you know, out there at the park with my friends. And, you know, their kids didn't want to leave the park, but mine did. (laughs) Not that they wanted to, but they did, right? You know, because I gave choices. You know, would you like to leave in five minutes or 10 minutes? 10 minutes. Would you like mommy to help you pick up the toys or do you want to pick them all up yourself? Mommy, help me. You know, would you like to go to the car with your feet touching the ground or not touching the ground? <laughs> you know, so these kinds of choices and, you know, um, to, to kind of, I and I joke a little bit, but not really. I mean, it was really like that. And people were like, how did you do that when their kids are going, no! you know, and they're punching them and screaming, right? And so I just, you know, I started learning and modeling it and teaching it. And as you can see, I'm very passionate. You
1: are. You are. But I love that. I love the passion. (laughs) I love the passion, Lisa. Thank you so much. And what I hear is that that moment was not just empowering to your child, but it was empowering to you. So it was an an empowering moment to both of you. And it was through that feeling of, I have some responsibility over this because I have a choice. Yes. That you saw changes in your child, and then you, by seeing that you too had a choice to give him the power to change, that was exhilarating. I am sure. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> right. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And and since then, you know, I've looked into. The, I have a master's degree. I've looked into the literature. I've done the studying and the learning, and you know, for the last I don't know fifteen years now. I guess you could say about the simple little word control
1: Mm.
2: right Mm -hmm. control you know it's huge it is it's huge both for all of us but it's particularly huge when someone has a chronic illness Mm.
1: this is your host Rebecca and now we will take a short break and we will be right back with more ideas on lifestyle improvement a way to help your struggling child perform better academically. Would you pick up the phone and call? Lysol Improvement Occupational Therapy Services in Puyallup, Washington supports wellness and optimal educational performance. Instead of just reteaching information, we endeavor to identify the possible root causes for your child's learning difficulties. We offer targeted testing to assist in the creation of an individualized plan and provide you with the brain training tools that can help improve academic Academic performance. Visit our website at www.lifestyleimprovement.com or give us a call today at 877-957-7387 extension 101. That again is 877-957-7387 extension 101 for an initial free phone consultation. Lifestyle Improvement Occupational Therapy. We're ready to partner with parents and to help your child succeed.
2: control Mm. right Mm -hmm. control you know it's huge it is is. it's huge both for all of us but it's particularly huge when someone has a chronic illness Mm. because there's so much about their lives that is out of control that they don't have control over their bodies are doing things out of their control that they just can't help you know, and it, it's dispiriting, it's heartbreaking, and it's hard. And so we as caregivers, whether we're caring for a child or an elderly person, see, it goes both ways. When we we say to our aging parent, you know, mom, it's time to eat. Would you like to eat in 10 minutes or 15 minutes? You know, mom, I'm, I'm going to make some vegetables for dinner. Would you like broccoli or would you rather have a salad? You know, and we say the same thing to our kids. Hey, you guys, would you like broccoli or carrots? I don't care what vegetable they eat. You know, I just want them to eat a vegetable. I just want it to be served. And and the trick is is that the trick is that when you know we're giving choices and someone says, Well, I'd like broccoli, you know, then they're more likely to eat it. They're empowered right. because they had a choice.
1: Exactly. And
2: I'm okay with the broccoli because I really don't care what kind of vegetable we have. Right. So um and obviously, there's a lot that goes into choices and sharing control and empowerment. I would say if you're having a hard time in your home, whether it's a kid or a husband or a wife or an aging parent, um, try choices. Try choices and just trying to be a little bit more collaborative uh, in the decisions that you're making, and I think you'll see a real difference
1: in the level of cooperation. What would be that word or a couple of words that would summarize the journey that you have had and where you are right now?
2: I go back to Viktor Frankl's work. And I know this isn't like one word, but I'll, I'll give you, I'll get, so, Viktor Frankl, V I K T O R. Frankel, F-R-A-N-K-L. His book is called Man's Search for Meaning. And uh, it's one of the most well-read books of our generation. Viktor Frankel was, uh, he was a psychiatrist. And he, he is held in equal esteem of Freud and Adler. But most people haven't heard of him. And he was a theorist like Freud and Adler and Erickson and all these really smart people who gave us all this developmental and psychological theory. But he kind of had a different take on what it means to be human and resilience, which is, I mean, if, if, if I were to have to say one word, I'd probably say the word resilience just because there's a lot that goes into it. And I could talk for two hours about resilience and what makes people resilient. But for me personally, The piece of resiliency, I think, is most powerful is the idea of meaning and the idea of choice. And and Viktor Frankl addresses both. He noticed when he was in the concentration camp, there were some people in the Nazi concentration camp, Auschwitz, I think he was in, that did well. I mean, well is a relative word. They survived. They did okay. They got through it. They lived. They came out the other side. And they actually, I mean, yeah, had hard times and had problems, but they, they lived their life. They weren't bitter. They, they, they moved forward to become productive, loving, forgiving people. So productive people. So, so Viktor Frankl talks about how we can find meaning in life through three different avenues. Meaning in love or relationships meaningful work and in uh, being able to find meaning in our adversity. Okay. So there's three different avenues. So his whole idea is that the whole purpose of life is to find meaning. Our purpose in life is to find meaning and we can find meaning in love. We can find meaning in work that we love, like making a difference and we can find meaning in adversity. And so, and his sort of idea is that if we can choose, there's choice again, which has control, right? All the things we've been talking about. If we choose to find meaning and we choose to live a path of meaning, we can survive and not just survive, but thrive even in the face of the most horrific circumstances. You and I know we have met people who are unbelievably inspiring in the face of, well, Nazi, prison camp. I mean, the most horrific situation I can come up with in my mind, you know, others, the, the book Unbroken, again, is an amazing example of someone who went through horrific life circumstances, and still thrived. So resiliency is not just about surviving, and not even coming back to a lot of people think about the word resiliency, they think about the, the, the word that they use to the what the description they use of resiliency is like a rubber band, You stretch a rubber band and you let go and it comes back to its original shape. That tends to be the description most people have of resiliency. But that is actually really not the description of resilience. Resilience is becoming better than, becoming better than what we were. So that those adverse experiences that we go through make us better people. We don't become victims, you know, and there's a saying that we can become bitter or better. And I know it's a cliche, but, you know, it really is true. It, what is it that makes some people, when they face life circumstances that are absolutely unimaginably, imaginable, they become bitter and angry and blaming and they ruin everyone's life around them the rest of their lives. And just, I mean, they're just, they're horrible, to to be around. Right. We all, we all unfortunately know people like that. Right. And then sometimes we think about it like, wow, your life wasn't even that bad. So like, what do you have to complain about? Right. (laughs) Especially those of us dealing with, you know, some of the things that our audience does. We look at some of the complaints we hear around us and we think, really? Really? live a while in my shoes and let's see what life is really about. But, you know, it's not about comparing and we have to not do that because someone else like Viktor Frankl could look at my life and go, what, really, what are you complaining about? Exactly. <laughs> you know. And we all complain and we all have hard times. We all have really hard days. Mm-hmm. And so it's really okay to sit on our couch with a blankie and have a good cry and have a pity party. It's really okay to do that, you know, and we need that. That's part of self-care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those pity parties are are healthy and they're good. You know, the the thing is, is how long does it carry on? And does it move from, you know, a a short term, you know, having self compassion versus moving into becoming a victim, you know? So, and I think the, the word resilience speaks to that because the word resilience has so much underneath of it. Um, you know, and I think of stories about resilience like Abraham Lincoln, you know, he's a great example of resilience and not quitting and not giving up and choosing to keep doing the hard things, even when it was, you know, multiple defeat after defeat after defeat. And I, I see within my a CF community, and diabetes, and hemophilia, and, you know, I mean, in any other number of really crippling diseases, muscular dystrophies, and, and autism, and Asperger, I mean, all of that, um, just incredibly inspiring people, human beings that are walking through the hardest imaginable things, and yet, you know, they're strong, not that they're perfect, not that they don't you know, take it all on. Right. You know, but they're real, which reminds me of the Velveteen Rabbit. The Velveteen Rabbit. He was real. He was resilient. He was real.
1: Resilient and real. I don't know. There you go, Lisa. (laughs) You see now I'm sorry I pressed, but I'm actually really glad I did because how absolutely beautifully you put that with that. Example And meaning, to me, uh, is such a huge and important concept in anything that we're doing here on this earth. And to apply it to caregiving, I think, is essential because it is just like any other work of the heart, uh, a work that has to have some connection with our values and who we are so that we know why we're doing it. And so that he, it has a purpose. So beautifully said it was, I could just let you continue on (laughs) because (laughs) I would love to hear even more. And I hope you come back to talk to us again, because I actually would love to hear you talk about transitions because actually that is really an area that I think that a lot of parents find themselves completely ignorant about. And they come to that moment. And I am not sure. I think the schools are trying, are trying to equip parents. But I am not sure that there is enough support for those parents to transition from schools and to out there. We'd love to have you come back. You have an open invitation whenever you want to come and talk to us about that. And we just want to thank you, Lisa, for your openness and, and just how freely you share your heart and how you've touched us today by just reaching deep, you know, telling us about those Uh, Heartfelt stories and just sharing your wealth of experience. So we thank you for that. We, I've been touched and I'm sure my listeners have been. And for all of those that want to continue to get more information on love and logic, get the book, Parenting Children with Health Issues, Essential Tools, Tips, and Tactics for Raising Kids with Chronic Illnesses, Medical Conditions, and Special Health Care Needs. And the author is Lisa Green with Dr. Foster Klein. If you go to Lisa's website at www.parentingchildrenwithhealthissues.com. You can get more information about Lisa and her workshops because she teaches workshops. Do you do webinars, Lisa? I do. Yeah. Fantastic. I was going to tell you, you're, you're great. <laughs> you should be <laughs> doing webinars. So she has webinars and information and, and uh, apparently also another book.
2: Yeah. It's, it's called No More No, How to Gain Your Child's Cooperation with Self-Care, Medication, and Just About Everything Else. It's available on Amazon, but you have to type my name in because there's, there's a lot of books, I think, that are similar. But if you type in No More No, Lisa Green, and I have an E on the end of my name, you'll find it and it is available on Amazon.
1: Perfect. And you do have to remember that Lisa's last name is green, but it does have an E at the end, which I had (laughs) to really get that in my head. So thank you, Lisa. Again, thank you so much. And please come back to talk to us again. We'd love to have you. Thank you for sharing this absolutely wonderful information. Remember that in our program, we present our opinion and the opinion of our guest and is not to be interpreted as medical advice. As a caregiver, you spend your days caring for the needs of someone else, but what are you doing to help yourself? In our Caregiver Survival 101 workshop, we teach you the self-help skills that will empower you to be healthier and more productive. Do you feel tired, overwhelmed, have difficulty sleeping? Do you feel isolated? All this could be signs of caregiver stress. Chronic stress can impact your health adversely and ultimately cause irreversible and unwanted physical problems. Take a step towards your own personal care. A healthy caregiver is a better caregiver. You owe it to yourself and your loved ones to do what is needed to stay healthy today. Go to www.Caregiversurvival101.com. That again is www.Caregiversurvival101.com. And discover how we can help you help yourself. Or call 877-957-7387, extension 101. That again is 877-957-7387, extension 101. caregiversurvival one zero one because care starts with you.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today on Lifestyle Improvement for part three of our interview with Lisa Green. Ms. Green co-authored the award-winning Love and Logic book, Parenting Children with Health Issues, Essential Tools, Tips, and Tactics for Raising Kids with Chronic Illnesses, Medical Conditions, and Special Health Care Needs. You can find this book at parentingchildrenwithhealthissues.com. Don't forget to join your host, Rebecca Rogers, next Sunday morning at 7.30 for more tips on lifestyle improvement.